podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Hello and welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. Oh, beautiful. Uh, pod three, three, five. Uh, the latest of our isolation podcasts. Isolation. 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 Oh, I, don't, I don't like my face on Zoom. It's terrible. It's too close up, isn't it? That's just yeah, your face. <laughs> <laughs> Get used to it. Um, lads, well, it's the Fab Four of, of course, Kevin Day is here. Hello. Hello. How you doing? I've just told you I don't love my face, but you were rude about it, so it's fine. Oh, what was that? Uh, that was a motorbike, I think. Wow. Yes, indeed. Um, it's nice to hear something other than bloody bird song. It's nice. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, I've forgotten how much you hate summer. Let's not get on to it. Um, James Endicott is also here. How you doing, mate? Hello. I'm very good, thank you. JD, very good, actually. Oh, I'm, um, I'm, uh, I'm lounging, actually. You do look very comfortable. Yeah. I am. I am very comfortable. Good. I'm very comfortable and I'm happy. This really works on, on audio, doesn't it? Um, and finally, Son's beard, Andy Street. Hello. You, do you want to talk us through? Uh, why do I keep asking about it? Why, why, I don't know why. Well, um, I, the decision to get rid of I'll the beard. I'll talk you through it. I, I, I didn't shave. And <laughs> did then this I did last week. Did this last week, yeah. I should, I should, no, I no, I didn't do this last week because by, by that stage I hadn't yet shaved, but now I have. Brilliant. Uh, really glad that I asked you that question. Uh, let's move on to a shout-out to a random patron. Can I get Ooh. a drum roll, please? So there's someone like knocking on the door. Um, the patron is Paul Towns. Hi, Paul. Ooh, Paul Towns, nice one. Paul Towns, great well done, name. Paul Towns. Yeah. Great name, great patron. And you can join our patron at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast. On this week's podcast, we're going to be talking about Project Return. Why not? There's nothing else to talk about. We're going to also be talking about the rumours of Sean Dyche becoming Palace manager in the summer and answering your questions before we get into any of that kevin i believe you wanted to get a mention in for the marathon march yes let me just take my bored hungover lockdown hat off and put my foundation trustee hat on there you are that's better uh, yes um as palace fans will know the, the club and the foundation have done some brilliant things during this crisis for the community um but we're also planning for afterwards because there are going to be a lot of problems with unemployment with mental health with young people potentially being lured 
into crime because of the, the two previous things. And we're putting plans into place, projects into place, but of course we need money. And Premier League funding looks likely to be reduced next season. So I just wanted to tell people that the Marathon March is definitely going to be happening in October. Um, with whatever social distancing rules are in place and whether they are or not. So it will, be, it will be taking place. So we just wanted to mention it early to encourage people to sign up. And I know we've all agreed to sign up, haven't we, Just Boys? Well done. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. so we'll, we'll be there. And also it's sell us to sell us this season. So... Um, those people who in the past have found it difficult to do the whole thing and only want to do the last mile or the last hundred yards, it's much easier now because we'll all be ended up at uh, Sellers Park. So and if you, if you sign up now, the, the more quickly we get an idea of numbers, the more quickly we can work out what social distancing plans have to be put in place and how, we, I mean, hopefully it'll be, it might be done and dusted by then, but it's definitely going to happen and we'd definitely love to have you with us and we definitely need the money, basically. So it's very, it's very important all, for all those reasons. I mean, to be fair, the pace that the four of us have gone along couple of years we've basically been socially distancing at the back end <laughs> we, we pretty much, and I, I notice as well that people are quite happy to have our company in the first mile or so but once they realise what we're really like they tend, yeah. to, they tend to drop away anyway so, the novelty of hanging out with us wears off really yeah, yeah, really yeah, the, only per, the only person who likes it is Julian he loves he loves hanging about with us Julian Tenery but so if I, it, it will definitely happen and it's for uh, it's always important but this year it's, it's, it's as important as ever because it's going to be more needed and we will we'll more need the money so the more of you sign up um, as quickly as possible that would be fantastic in that case shall we direct people to go to palaceforlife.org uh, to get the latest information you can do that yeah I'm, I'm big picture your details so yeah let's just do it <laughs> terrible nicknames but let's crack on no, I um, love no, big pictures are great nicknames. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be details no details like, yeah details is rubbish I want to be clamps that's what I want to be I want to be clamps like your future <laughs> future armour clamps is my favourite character Okay, let's move on. Or Gramps, that could be Gramps. Yeah, I'm surprised Andy didn't get in with that, actually. That was uh, slow for him. Um, let's move on to part one. I'm just side-eyeing my toddler who's swiftly approaching. <laughs> so you're, no, you're side-eye. Oh. So we've got side-eye, details, big picture. We can overwork it, please, Daddy. Uh, <laughs> oh. Oh, hey. Hi, Freddy. Hi, Freddy. There we go. There's this the sort of top quality content that FYPers really want. Yes, Freddy. My son asking for a rice cake. Go on then, go and ask your mum. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. He's so cute. What an insight into the bourgeois lifestyle of these. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, what, um, and what's Endicott going to be, nickname wise? Viking Gold. Yeah, obviously. There we go. Uh, let's get it on T-shirts. Let's not. Let's move on to part one. Uh, guys, Project Return. I feel yep. like each week there's a slight update. The update this week being that clubs are back in training. Palace mm. are back in training. Uh, we've seen the club tweet out a few photos from training. The players are getting tested. Sounds like Kevin. Even though most other leagues around the world seem to be calling it a day, including League Two and the SPL, uh it sounds like the Premier League is actually creeping closer to returning with all these measures. Well, the the, the date so far hasn't moved. It's it's set to return on June the twelfth. Um, the issue with other leagues, I mean, the French league, the Belgian league, for example, don't get anywhere near as much money from broadcasting rights. So there's not so much financially involved in them stopping. The the Italian league and the Spanish league will continue because they rely very heavily on broadcast money, as does. The Premier League, uh, League Two, National League, it's financially better for them to stop 
because they can't afford to play games behind closed doors because it still costs money and they're not getting any income. But the Premier League will definitely come back, whether it's June the 12th or a bit later. But you know, pitches are being disinfected, players are being tested, plans are being worked out. So it it will happen. And it it's it was interesting watching the Bundesliga last week because each game was the same. Like the first five minutes was quite tentative and it became sort of proper football. It was all right. So it's it's better than nothing. Simple as that. And you know, in terms of club finances, we need the Premier League back, as long as the, the paramount thing is health and safety. I mean, I got quite cross with a lot of people having to go to Troy Deeney this week because they, they kind of read his... You know, Troy Deeney saying, I don't want to come back, was interpreted by some idiots as, you know, scared Troy Deeney. He's got a five-month-old baby who's got asthma. Yeah. So any player who has issues, his own concerns or family concerns, will be allowed to opt out. And I think Street, you would agree, there isn't, there isn't a club who's going to, you know, contractually make them fulfil their obligations in, in the circumstances. So whether every single player, every single club comes back, I don't know. But at the moment, the plan is June the 12th and it looks like that's going to happen. That's interesting, actually, Kevin. I've not thought about that with the contract thing. Uh, I guess Andy is the best person to ask. Can they force them to play or in the circumstances should compassion be added to the situation? It's interesting. Well, as an employee, you've got to comply with the reasonable direction of your employer. Um, So that's the basic legal principle. But then you get into a whole argument which keeps lots of lawyers uh, in all sorts of rice cakes about the, the, the extent to which that request is reasonable or not. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think that it'll be all very fact-specific for each club and each player. And um, it, it, everything's changing so much, isn't it, that, you know, yeah. a, a request that's made now wouldn't be necessarily yeah. objectively be seen in the same light as a request which is maybe made in six, eight, ten weeks' time when we know a lot more and things have moved on. Um, yeah. So it's very but difficult to say every, right now. But I, I, Sorry, Kevin. So I was going to say, every, every employer has a duty of care to his, his employee. I mean, under normal circumstances, it's almost impossible to 100% guarantee anybody's safety, whether you're a shop worker or a bus driver or a, a lawyer or a podcaster. So it's, it's even more so in these circumstances. So I think there will be a more lenient stance taken... For play- I mean, obviously, it's easier for a high-profile player like Troy Deeney to make a stance like that than it is for a 19-year-old kid on his first contract. But I think mm-hmm. in the circumstances, I, I think clubs will, just from a PR point of view, it would be disastrous <laughs> for a club to, to contractually oblige a footballer who doesn't yeah. want to play football to play football. And also, it's going to cause dissent in the, in the dressing room as well. If you've got your captain in the shape of Troy Deeney sitting in the, in the dressing room not wanting to play that's not going to be good for the rest of the team or else I, I think as Andy says it, it's it's a flexible situation and it's amazing how flexible lawyers can be in situations like this yeah weird isn't it yeah, yeah. funny that <laughs> that way we right nor wrong <laughs> Kevin's right about the Bundesliga I watched it at the weekend and uh, it was a bit weird for the first few minutes and then actually you kind of forgot that you were watching a lockdown game and, and there was no crowd and I think it just became a sort of normal game Enders, Enders, how does it leave you feeling? Are you excited for football to come back? Like I've kind of forgotten when the last time we reviewed a game on this podcast. I forgot yeah. what it's like to review a game on a podcast. Like, are you feeling excited or, or, or do you think coming back a bit early? I don't, I don't know if I'm excited maybe is the wrong word. I'm, I'm looking forward to it coming back because I, I like watching football. I like talking to you guys about football and my friends and family about football. I'm looking forward to it. Excited. Trepid- you know, it's, it's going to be, however it comes back, it's not going to be as it is and how footballers we are used to. We know the crowds aren't going to be there. Mm. Some players might not be playing. The teams might not be match fit. There's, you know, there's all these different factors, but at least everybody will be on the same playing field uh, with nobody watching them. 
So, you know, it's, we're all in the same situation. And as Kevin said, it's better than nothing. And I think the season needs to end. Yeah. Uh, I think, and I think we just need it. We just need it as fans. We need it as, we just need it. We, we need it back just so we can mm. shout and ball at each other about it as much as anything. I think Andy as well will know this better than most of us, that there are issues with broadcasting because the government are very keen that some games are shown free-to-air on BBC, uh, BT and Sky are less so, but yeah, the last thing the, the, the government wants is people going around their mate's house to watch a game, yeah. which is why they want people to be able to see it yeah. without having to subscribe to it, which I, makes perfect sense to me. But, of course, mm. the broadcasters have lost out already. So I think they probably will do, considering the, the relatively few number of games that are left over. I think there will have to be at least one or two games free to air. And also, bear in mind, this will probably all happen in the space of five weeks. You're probably looking at a four-day weekend, and then you're probably looking at games again, on the Wednesday, and then you know, they, they will try and cram. You're looking at a lot of games being played at the same time. Mm. You know, so yeah, it's going to be well. It is going to be interesting to see what happens. Andros Townsend was on Talksport this week, talking uh, very eloquently as he does about going back to, to the testing and training, saying that Palace was the safest place to work in the country at the moment. Um, which I don't know if you can really quantify that, but that does fill me with a bit of confidence that clearly the players are confident, Kevin, in this process at the moment. Yeah, the, the, the testing thing's really interesting because I know a lot of Premier League clubs were reluctant from a PR point of view to... It doesn't look good if Premier League footballers are being tested before millions of people in the, in the population, So, which is why I think there has been possibly a longer delay than there, than there has been. I, I think football could have probably come back two weeks before this. But they just were were reluctant to, to be seen to be spending a lot of money testing people when you know frontline workers haven't been tested. So every footballer, just from a cynical point of view, these are assets that they're protecting, unfortunately. But and but most Premier League clubs and Palace in particular will be making absolutely certain that all players are safe, secure, and if they don't feel that way, they won't be forced to play. So, um, but it's good to hear Andros Townsend say that because we know that Andros in the past if there have been things to to criticise, Andros will, will criticise him in an eloquent, articulate way. So it's, it yeah. was encouraging to hear that. And also it's encouraging that there's, you know, Roy, no one's insisting that Roy Hodgson is a vulnerable 70-year-old and can't can't come out to play, which is a, a, another encouraging sign. Because there's no, there's no logic, there's no more logic in locking up a healthy 75-year-old when you've got 45-year-olds who are morbidly obese and have terrible problems and yeah, apparently can wander around the streets with perfect safety. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone's stopping Roy coming back anyway, even if no. there was that in place. Well, we'll see what happens uh, in the next few weeks, but it sounds like we will be getting back to do normal podcasts about actual football in Weird. the next month or so. Weird. Weird. Before I go on to part two, um, I teased you guys with this um, in the group. One of our patrons, Matt Buckland, has simulated... The rest of the season on Football Manager to see how it pans out, and I'm now seeing a sort of Back to the Future sports almanac situation where we might be able to make some money out of this. Would you like to know yes. what happened? Only if yeah, it's go good. On. Go on, tell us. It's okay. So the remaining results went like this. Can I just say that I'm very relaxed about this situation? <laughs> <laughs> is, there expect, is there an expected goals ratio coming up? Uh, I, no. yeah, I don't want to know the actual results. I want to know the, the XG for each of the simulated games, please. Unbelievable. Right, I've got the results and the final table. Here we go. Liverpool 3, Palace 0. 
Luca sent off after half an hour. Crystal Palace one, Burnley nil. Yes. Yay. What about, what about the Bournemouth game? The Bournemouth game comes later on for some reason. Though. Oh, okay. I guess it was rearranged or something. Um, Jordan, are you with that goal? Leicester City one, Crystal Palace one. Oh, Ooh, Joel, Take Joel, Joel Ward popping up with a rare Whoa. goal. Wow, uh, then we go back to Sellers. Crystal Palace one, Chelsea two. Uh, Luca returns to score. <laughs> then we go to the Bournemouth game. Bournemouth one, Crystal Palace one. Disappointing. Disappointing end of the season. Yeah. <laughs> Townsend scoring there. Then we go to Villa, uh, and it ends up Villa one, Crystal Palace three. Whoa. Oh, wow. 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 Jordan you with a brace against his former club and James MacArthur scoring. Then we go to Wolves, where it finishes Wolves 2, Crystal Palace, nil. Oh. Oh. Yeah, disappointing that. that um, is... Final two games at Seller, Palace nil, Man United nil. Oh, okay. Unbeaten against Man United this season. And then uh, against Tottenham, it's Palace 1, Tottenham 3. Mm. So that means that Palace end up 12th in the table. Okay, that's not too bad. How many points? On a total of 48 points. Oh, one less than last season. One less than last season, just missing out on that 50 point mark, which would have been a record. Uh, Elsewhere in the. uh, I wonder what Phil Phil Barber would have made of James MacArthur scoring. (laughs) After his his shock revelation last week that he didn't rate him. Wouldn't have been happy. Elsewhere on the table, the relegated teams are Norwich, Watford, oh. and Aston Villa. Oh, Ooh, interesting. Liverpool mm. win the title, unsurprisingly, with 101 points. The Champions League spots go to Man City, Chelsea, and Leicester, unsurprising that. Uh, Arsenal, Spurs, and United qualify for Europa League. Eddie Howe sacked on March 25th. <laughs> <laughs> it gets better, replaced by Marco Bielsa. Really? Wow. Yeah. It gets even better. Nigel Pearson sacked in May. (laughs) And not replaced. Caretaker manager until the end of the season, which I think would be Hayden Mullins. Really? And a Bielsa less leads do not get promoted from the championship. It's West Brom, Fulham, and Cardiff coming up via the playoffs. Shocking, uh, shocking. Does that all sound believable? That all sounds like that could happen, doesn't it? Anything can happen in football, JD. You know that. I mean, I think it's probably fairly inconceivable that Eddie Howe's going to be sacked on the 25th of March, but call yeah. me a cynic. <laughs> we, we do, normally. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, that end means that Palace end up... Uh, Jordan Ayew ends up top scorer with 11 goals. Oh, it's not too bad. Wow. Uh, and we also score the second lowest amount of goals in the league, but have the seventh lowest conceded, which also... Oh. Sounds about Calibre. right. And just really briefly, Matt uh, rolled it on into pre-season. Would you like to hear who our transfers were in pre- ahead of next season? Yes. Assuming yeah, next on. season even happens, I don't even know. Palace signed just one player, and it's not Nathan Ferguson from West Brom. It's Adamola Lukman from RB Leipzig. Oh, ah, I thought about that, yeah. You'd be, happy, you'd be happy with him? The one who was at Charlton? Yeah, Charlton and Everton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you do well for us. Um, well, we I, sold. I, th- I think that's. I think we probably only will sign one or two players at most. I think most clubs will be only doing that. I actually think that's very on brand for Palace. I think that's a very mm. Palace only for seventeen million. We also signed, making an eleven point five, I think, profit, million pound profit. Jordan Ayew to Krasnodar. What? Really? Yeah. Really? Leaving well, us just... with basically no strikers. Why would you Not do that? Should... 
Why would you do that? It's ridiculous. That's so to get the money, I guess, anyway. Typical palace. Typical palace. <laughs> well, listen, thank you very much to Matt for running that through the simulator. I've put that up on our website so people can read that and have a look. But who knows if those will be the results when the season does start up again. Can he um, simulate the pods for the rest of the season too so we don't have to do that? <laughs> no, but next week I am going to let you know what happened when Palace won the FA Cup in 2016. <laughs> So I will bring you that next week. But after the break, we're going to be discussing an article from our supporters, The Athletic. Hey, it's Jesse Kelly. Ronald Reagan famously once said, the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Americans are losing faith in the banking system, and at the same time, the U.S. government could soon be headed toward a centralized banking system. How scary is that? How do you protect yourself as the government gets more involved in your life? For me, owning gold is one way. Having gold that I can see and touch makes me feel protected. Having a portion of your retirement in precious metals is another way to feel protected. I don't own crypto, I don't own NFTs, and I don't buy meme stocks. I don't invest in things I don't understand. If you are like me and want to feel safe, it's time to call my friends at the Oxford Gold Group. Go to www.oxfordgoldgroup.com to learn more. Again, that's www.oxfordgoldgroup.com. Welcome back to the 5-Year Plan Podcast. It's pod two where we read an article from The Athletic, our supporters, who are a world-class team of writers covering every club, including the best coverage of Crystal Palace. They're a subscription-based website and app. They're completely ad-free. No annoying pop-ups, just brilliant articles. Welcome to the new home of football writing. And if you visit (laughs) theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP, you can start a seven-day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription. This week's article is about... Sean Dyche and it's called Sean Dyche is admired by Palace but why would anyone want to change now and it's by Mr Dominic Quiz Champion Fivefield and I'm, it's a, it's a it's an interesting piece and I'm going to read out one little bit here the overriding tone as you can tell from the title from Dom is essentially that Dyche is a decent manager but at the moment why on earth would you want to get rid of Roy which I think is what a lot of people agree there's a bit here where it says, for their part, Palace re- recently sought a more glamorous appointment in Frank de Boer in June 2017. Don't remind us, Dom. A decision that they quickly realised was ill-judged. Even so, when Hodgson does eventually depart, it is safe to assume that Deitch's name will be high up, if not at the top, of the list of potential candidates as they seek a replacement. Yet, as per the latest round of stories, why would they consider that this summer? Um, this was one that was doing the rounds, Kevin, wasn't it? The rumours this week. Was that mm. also your initial reaction when you heard it? Um, you, you know how much I, I admire Dominic Firefield as a person <laughs> and as a journalist. I like him very much. I'm just trying to talk over Andy Street, wrestling a toddler to the ground in the background. Um, I imagine, given his current circumstances, Dom, when he saw the when he saw these tiny stories in the tabloids, would have thought, thank the... Good Lord for that, I've got something to write about. <laughs> because he would have been struggling hard. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting piece. It's a well-written piece, of course, because it's done. But it's, it, it's, it's, it's midsummer straw-clutching, isn't it, really? I mean, there's no, there isn't a vacancy for a start-off. Yeah. I'm, not sure, I'm not sure that uh, Sean Dyche would see us 
as one of the bigger clubs that he would look to be moving to. And I've, I'm fairly sure that in the past he's had little, he's had some beef with us as a club anyway. So I don't think Has he's necessarily... He? Yeah, I thought to talk of him having preliminary discussions with Parrish a long time ago and them not going particularly well. So I don't... I don't think you missed that, Andy, because you were wrestling a toddler. But we were just... no, I've, I've kept my headphones in the entire time. Oh, exactly. I've heard everything you're saying, including you slagging me off. I was not slagging you off. You're great. No, I, 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 I know. I just thought I'd be being contrary and contentious. So yeah, no. It's I mean, this is it's it's classic midsummer uh, story. I mean, it's it's an interesting. I I think we've gone beyond this this, this stage where Sean Dyche would be seen as a good fit for Palace fans. To be perfectly honest, and and also I, I'm really not. Yeah, I know we haven't been serving up the best football in the world in the last two or three seasons, but once we we're safe in the table we tend to play some attractive stuff I'm not a fan of Sean Dyche's football and I uh, in in the real world where if the new stand is built and we've got to attract a lot more fans you're not going to attract them by playing the sort of football that Sean Dyche would bring to Sellers Park yeah well and there's a lot of people obviously who still think that the football Roy plays is is archaic I'm not one of them but I I know there are people that criticize that but I think even they would find Sean Dyche's football even more bland probably I think so yeah but I think I think they would find the football blander, but I think what people like are personalities. I think what you got with Sean Dyche, he's he's got a bit of a mouth on him. Mm. He's he's got that northern grit about him, and he's a bit of a character. He likes to be a bit controversial every now and again. He's louder. He's he's in a lot of ways he's quite the opposite to Roy as a character. Roy is very subdued and very down to earth because he's he's been around the block. He's done it all. He doesn't need to mm. shout a lot. And I think Sean is just one of these people that. Everybody knows who Sean Dyche is. Everybody knows what he talks like. When he comes on match today and you watch it with people who don't like football, they know who Sean Dyche is. Do you know what I mean? And uh, But I, I'm, I'm with Ken. It's just a non-story, really, isn't it? I mean, God love Dom and everything, but it's a bit of a non-story to me. Yeah, well, I think it certainly is when I think we're fairly confident that um, he, Roy, oh, I really hope Roy isn't leaving this summer, but Enders would, if Roy left in a year or so, would you, would you, do you want Dyche as a potential replacement? Uh, or would you want Palace to go a bit more, a bit bolder? Bearing in mind what happened with Frank, two years, well, I think years yeah, ago. but that was that was going a little bit too bold, wasn't it? I think I think you can get somewhere in between the two. I don't think Sean. Dyche, I mean, you know, we're probably the size of club that Sean Dyche is probably good for. To be honest, I don't think he could go much higher than. Just, you know, I mean, he's not going to go to a Spurs or an Arsenal, is he? Do you know what I mean, or a Chelsea? I wouldn't have thought. So, but I don't know. I just. I think I think we could find something a little bit more attractive than Sean Dyche. Something slightly a bit left of centre, but not as left as Frank de Boer. Yeah, and also we're not going to be able to offer him much bigger budgets than, than exactly, Burnley yeah. are working on. Burnley just spent a fortune on their, their brand new training ground, which apparently is now the best in the Premier League. They've got a decent enough youth policy. I don't, I don't think there's that much we can offer him that Burnley can't, to be perfectly honest. It's, Burnley are the perfect fit for him. Watford would be the perfect fit for him as well. Yeah, yeah. Back there. yeah. I, don't think, I don't think Palace fans would particularly take no. to him. Yeah, I mean, the, the Watford one is obvious. An obvious one thing is he was there before. I could see him ending up at someone like West Ham. I could see West Ham having the sort of money to attract him, and, and they're the sort of person that likes to take a sort of a take a take a risk at a manager. But um, Andy, do you think he would fit into Palace? Do you think he sort of fits Palace? We know that Roy does. Roy so obviously gets and fits Palace from his history with Croydon and and everything. Do you think Deitch does or, or not? I don't think you can ever really know that until a manager joins a club, really, can you? I mean, there have been certain instances where clubs have acquired a manager who seems to fit their their MO and that they think will be a brilliant fit for footballing, philosophical character reasons, whatever reason. 
and who don't end up and ultimately fitting in. Um, I guess all you can really do is, is look at the type of club that they've performed at, the level of club they performed at, the type of players that, they, that they've typically dealt with, and whether or not they appear to have the pedigree and calibre at the, at the level that you would be targeting. Um, and Sean Dyche's record, everyone knows knows what it is. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I get no. There's no manager acquisition that's without risk. Basically, I would say. Also, whoever we do get as manager is going to need strong hands to wrestle Doogie Freeman's fingers off the job in the first place. To be perfectly frank, <laughs> because I think Doogie's probably got a nameplate ready to put on the door, isn't he? Ready for for when Roy, Roy does go. And again, do you know what? Joking aside, <laughs> sometimes I, 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 it's nice to get an appointment from within the club. It, it would be nice if we had some exciting young coaches that you, you've already identified as the people that mm. would be taking over for Roy. I'd like Roy to be involved in whoever does take over, really. I mean, because Roy knows football inside out. It'd be, it'd be interesting for him to be involved in the succession plan because if anybody knows the sort of manager that Palace need, it's, it is Roy Hodgson. Yeah, Absolutely. I think it'd be really nice if Roy ended up in, in in a director of football role or an even an ambassadorial role at Palace mm. because I think a lot of people look up to him quite rightly and it'd be really nice if he still had some sort of link. The fact that people are even talking about Roy leaving this summer, I don't think I think it'd be very rare for any manager to be leaving this summer because everything's sort of yeah. in the air. I can't see yeah. many clubs changing with their oh. manager or even making that many signings. As in Dom's article, he he makes the point that money is going to be tight for a lot of clubs given the situation. So actually, the fact the fact we're talking about transfers between managers and players, I think it's all going to be fairly quiet this summer. Well, I think, well, I think you've only got to look so. at the number of number of uh, one year extensions being triggered. Yeah, there seems yeah, to be a new yeah. story about it with various clubs every single day that certain options have been triggered um, and that in lots of instances is a pretty conservative approach taken I think lots of clubs will be taking that conservative approach yeah. to player acquisition manager acquisition or big sea changes yeah and yeah I imagine and Andy would know this I imagine any manager who's got three years left on his contract is going to be pretty safe because unless there's a, you know clubs simply not going to be able to afford to pay people off yeah, yeah I think top, probably a fair assumption uh, just quickly then, before we wrap up and go on to questions from our listeners, there is a bit in here where uh, James Dom talks about a couple of Burnley stars, Dwight McNeil and James Tarkovsky, who mm-hmm. are the players that have been mentioned about possibly leaving Burnley alongside Deitch. If Deitch was to come but bring those with him, would you be happy? Are they the sort of players you could see Palace going? Are they the sort of level of players we should be going for? I don't really know, to be honest. I mean, I think I'm, I'm, I'm with them. Um... I'm with Andy on this. It's it's hard to tell until they get there. I mean, with players, it's a bit easier. But, you know, it's so difficult to see players fitting in at, at the moment because it's all so up in there. We don't know who's going to be playing and who's not going to be playing and what's going on. But, yeah, you know, I mean, just as long as they get whipped into shape and they can play the Palace way, then bring them on. I thought one thing that was interesting in... Uh, no, it was all interesting, Dom, if you're listening, but, you know, speculative. But what I thought was interesting, and also it harks back to talking about Adamola Lookman, and I don't know how you would model that by playing championship manager or whatever it was, but we're already the second oldest squad in the, yeah. in the Premier League. So I, the idea of Sean Dyche bringing old players with him doesn't appeal, because if, if we need to get some youth and energy into that squad... Really, and it, it, that might not happen just in terms of finances. But if it doesn't happen this season, it needs to happen next because we have got an aging squad. Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, James is absolutely right. You never know what's going to happen. Shall I get Matt to run Sean Dyche as Palace manager through the simulator? Yes, and we'll just we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Can, can I do that? It's, it's, yeah. 
Oh, well, can. He, he can predict we're going to buy Adam Lookman, so apparently, yeah. Why don't we give it a go, and then, and then we can report that back to the club and let, and let them know if it's going to work or not. This oh, is that's a really good idea. I, 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 I want him to simulate as well if Frank De Boer had stayed in charge to the end of yeah. that season. I think he actually I'm, was working on that, yeah. yeah and I, I want to be there when you email Dougie Freeman to say, the FYP podcast <laughs> has asked a kid you've never heard of to do some number crunching on whether or not Sean Dyche would be a really successful manager. Just see the look on his face. I just can't believe that. Because it might Dougie... be the first time that Dougie and I see eye to eye about something. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we'll see. Anyway, uh, you can um, read that what article and much more. And I should say as well that the FYP are doing a lot of great... Uh, nostalgia pieces at the moment to fill the blanks and uh, a lot of good content on there and you can read it at theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP where you can get a 7 day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription after the break we've got questions from our listeners Remember, getting help from Progressive is so easy. You can use the mobile app, chat with us online, or call us. And you pick now to tell me. I couldn't miss little Grace's ballet recital. Oh, thanks for inviting me, by the way. Did I? Because you know I'm always here for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can use the mobile app if I need help. Sorry, you're in my wife's seat, though? Oh, yeah, I gotta go anyway. <laughs> tell Grace she nailed her chasse. Get the help you need from Progressive with her mobile app, online chat, or over the phone. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Sean Dyche. <laughs> Sean Dyche is Dyche uh, It's pod three three five, and it's come to the part of the pod where we answer questions from our listeners. Are these real questions or simulated questions? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. They are real, and I'm going to go for the democratic route as per and get you guys to, to guess numbers. Before I do that, I've got one here from Miles Loudon. Hi, Miles. Hi, Miles. And he says, loving the pod, but can someone ask Jim to stop saying that everything is typical Palace? <laughs> Including a... a global pandemic stopping us from being safe in March. That's such a typical question. <laughs> it is. That, qu- that question is typical Palace. Yeah. So thank you, Miles. He also says, and now I'm not sure that Miles has written this, he's also put, by the way, best Palace comeback is having Andy Street back. So now I'm wondering if that is some sort of pseudonym. Andy's uh, got multiple Twitter accounts. Um, it is right. nice to have Andy back. Yeah. It is, he, he is back. He, that no, is true. Um, Thanks for that, Miles. Check's in the post. Yeah. <laughs> I miss Jesse, though. Jesse's good, isn't he? Yeah, well, yeah. Jesse's been a regular on our spin off series, our nostalgia spin off series. Oh, what? I mean, there's no spin-off series. Forget what? I said that. Let's move so on you, you to... So you haven't got the two old blokes on the nostalgia spin-off series? <laughs> What's all that about? What, no, what? it's got the younger people. Oh, uh, great. For their great, memories. Yeah. yeah, last week, that was good, wasn't it? Like, like, what a week last week was. Great. <laughs> what? <laughs> um... Any, any other bombshells you need to drop in on us? <laughs> anything, else we're not, anything else we're not involved in? I can't remember last no, week. I wasn't. I forget I said that. It's, it's not a thing. Um, let's move on. It's a great series called Podgers Hotlands. Uh, check it out. Um, let's move on to questions then. Kevin, I'll give you the first. Miles' question was number one, so you can't pick number one, but you can pick two to 29. I will have 17. 17. It's from Bill Deadman. Hi Bill. Hi Bill. Hi Bill. And it starts. This is going to be good. It starts off the wall idea. Mm. If we can't finish the season within a reasonable time frame and allow for a reasonable break before next season, why not have 
one long season spread across two normal seasons. That way, somebody could still catch Liverpool and we could reach our <laughs> highest ever points total. <laughs> Genius. Yes. I, do you know what? I'm, of the many ideas that have been, I wouldn't be surprised if that has been one of the ideas. So I've, there, there was talk of, of merging, the, you know, going straight into the next season. Um, there, there have been some wacky ideas. The idea of catching Liverpool is amusing. Yeah. I've, I've been working with a Liverpool fan via Zoom, obviously. And, Every time he talks about, oh, it'll only take two games to win the, the Premier League, so it's always the asterisk Premier League, which is what it's going to be. His little, his little face falls, and it's like it's always going to be the one, the asterisk Premier League, the Duckworth Lewis Premier League. That's maybe that's a road to work out. It's 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 not as off the wall an idea as you might think, actually. My mate, my mate Dave Bibby, who's a Liverpool fan, wonders if next season Liverpool will have an asterisk above their badge. That'd be great. Oh, That's very fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, very. Uh, yeah, it's not going to happen, but uh, we will see. Uh, Andy, let's come to you next. What number would you like? 16. 16 is from Toby Kinder. Hi, Toby. Hi, Toby. Oh, Hi, Toby. This, this it's a real from... surprise, this one, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> He's a good egg. Uh, this is why I'm just ruined Toby's moment. He's really excited about. Oh, I've got the question at the last. They were, he, they, he they'll, be too gr- they'll be too grown up to do jokes. Yeah, yeah. Oh. He's, he definitely, he's definitely that. never heard that before either. I'm sure. <laughs> um, he says, "How typical Palace was 97, 98." This is probably a question for our nostalgia spin-off that definitely doesn't happen. We still hold the record for the highest proportion of points won away from home. Mm. The first victory at Sellers Park in April. Yes, don't remind us. And the youngest Premier League manager. Really, Lombardo was thirty-two. Yeah, couldn't speak. Wow. That's a question, actually, Enders. If we had to, if we had to pin yeah. a, a Palace season going all the way back, of course, to eighteen sixty-one, that was the most <laughs> typical Palace. Would that win it? I think so. Having a Tilly Lombardo and Thomas Brolin as joint managers was yeah. just was wonderfully chaotic, and it was Laurel and Hardy-esque, wasn't it? It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, it was, I mean, yeah. It's typical palace. Having two managers who can't speak English in charges. Yeah. Because they assume that Thomas Brolin's English, and Italian, <laughs> but he couldn't speak Italian. No. And Barney couldn't speak Swedish. No, it was genius. It's, it was, it, yeah. was, it was typical palace, wasn't it, Kev? It was. Of course it was. It was mm. very typical. And I'd love to talk about it. There, only there was some kind of pod. Yeah, some sort, of, sort pod, of issues yeah. in, But I refuse to do it on this pod because we're, we're all about the now. Yeah, <laughs> we are. that's very true. Well, there, there well, I don't even get to answer my own questions. <laughs> oh, sorry, Andy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's neither Enders nor your fault, Kevin. That's entirely on the host. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. I'd completely forgotten it was your. All right, let's go to Andy then. Would you call this the most typical Palace season ever? Yes. <laughs> Good. Oh, no, I think the season when when only the one season when four teams get relegated and we finished fourth from bottom. It's probably more typical Palace, wasn't it? The yeah. season we ended up with the highest ever points total of any relegated team yeah. that would have, would, would have seen us finish 12th any other season. That's probably more typical Palace, isn't it? And then there was 1864 when the, <laughs> the kit supply was interrupted by the cotton shortages in the American Civil War. Yeah. That was a very typical Palace season. Yeah, actually, you're right. I'd forgotten about the late 1860s. There's quite a lot of typical Palace. Um, let's move on to another question. We will save that for our... <laughs> My very popular news spin-off season. Um, James, yeah. pick me a number, please. 25. 25 is from Steve Early. Oh, I like Steve. You're better to be... Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry! Come on. 
Steve, I just thought I'd let you get it out of your system. Um, Steve... I, couldn't, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't even say it, mate. I couldn't even say it. That's what lockdown's done to us. Steve says, mm. with crowds not expected to return until next year, what will be the panel's new match day routines? Ooh, probably be Zooming it with you for watching the game on telly. That's we could a do good that. Idea. That's yeah, a we could do that. There you see. I'm not just a pretty face. That's uh, actually uh, a really good idea. I know, I, why not? Really? We should do it. We should do it. Yeah. We should watch. We should watch the game together on Zoom. I'm going to buy the sign from outside the Porsons, then give myself salmonella in the garden from an undercooked burger and find some sort of small bunny hole to walk through before coming back to my front room to watch it on Zoom while ignoring people sitting around me because I'm concentrating too hard. Yeah, Kevin, the, are you going to find a bunny hole somewhere? Uh, problem. <laughs> Lockdown's been going on for a while, but you know. Um, no, the, I'm, I'm sure, I'm certain. I mean, I, it probably will be January at the earliest before crowds are allowed back in some way, shape, form, or another. But I think pubs will be open. I'll, I'll, much as I love you, I'd much rather sit on my own in the Porsons with a two meter ring around me than. Uh, which could be my bunny hole, I suppose. But um, I don't. It's a good. It's we, we will find a new routine. But I, mm. I'd rather concentrate on getting back to the old, old routine. It's going to be packed. There's going to be five thousand people in that pub the, the day the first home game, isn't it? That we can oh, come back God. to. Oh God! I was thinking about this the other day. That first Palace game, mm. even if it is middle of January and it's freezing cold, it's going to be glorious, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to be absolutely... We're going to lose 1-0, by the way. I oh, of course we will, to, to Burnley. I don't, I don't even know who the opposition is, but no, we're going to lose 1-0. It'll be Burnley and it'll be Sean Dyche. We'll boo Sean Dyche on because he refused to join us. <laughs> and then they'll beat us 1-0. And then halfway through the second half, everyone will be going, it's shit, it's rubbish. <laughs> it was better on Zoom. It was better, much better on Zoom. What's Parrish doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. his fault. Let's do, that's, uh, that's when we'll know it's over, when there's some idiot behind us going, oh, it's shit, it's... Uh, let's uh, do one more question each. Go on, then, Kevin. Uh, what numbers have we not? Ha- oh no, um, I will have eleven. Eleven is from Lee Ayres. Oh, oh hey, Lee. Lee. Oh, hey. Hey. How's PC? PC's in the list somewhere as well with the question. Yeah, PC's I think. his son. Yeah. Um, Lee says, um, having watched some of our great escape games and playoff wins too, uh, Palace are replaying a lot of these games. I realise that our the our quality of football those times was not really close to what it is now. What other Palace-related things that you remember with fondness do you deep down know weren't that good? <laughs> I've, already, I've already tweeted in this reply. It's the, the sash kit. Yeah. Everyone goes that. on about that sash kit. And I just, I've never, I've kept it quiet till now as it causes problems, but I didn't particularly love it at the time. And I don't, I don't, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit it now, I'm not a fan. I, I, I mean, see... I like, I've liked later versions of it, but... That uh, initial, I just yeah. Uh, I saw you say yeah, that, and sorry. I nearly thought about banning you from the podcast. Actually, um, yeah, yeah. you're talking about the 1976. No, I'm not talking about anything because it's up to date modern pod. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Basically. I'm talking about. I'm more talking, particularly talking about the first, the first one because it was the heaviest replica kit you could ever buy. Yeah. If it ever got wet, it was heavier than I was, and I know that's. I was. I was quite a light <laughs> kid, to be perfectly honest. But no, I'm just like you know, it's all right. It's a nice kit, but it's not. I don't quite understand the affection for it when you've got claret and blue stripes to compare it to. Yeah. yeah. No, to be I, well, I've forgotten what a fan you are yeah. of uh, claret and blue. Um, I like some of the later ones, like the red shirt that, that had the white and blue sash on it. I preferred that, to be perfectly honest, to the white one that had the red and blue. Oh, I really liked the evil sash they did in 2013. Yeah, I like that. That, that was right. very nice. Yeah. Um, Enders, what what would your answer to this question be? Stuff that 
in, in a very similar answer to Kev's, I think um, I'd really like to be called the Glaziers still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a shout that is. Because I think Eagles, it's it's got that Americanism about it. It's mm-hmm. like we're a flipping, it's like we're a basketball team or something from Philadelphia. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit of a weird one, but you know, and it's so, and that Eagles and the Seagulls thing. I mean, I know there's, there's the, but I don't know. I just think Eagles. It's not really. I think I just like I like Glazers. It's proper. It's proper, isn't it? It's good. Mm. So I think that Eagles, I shout it every game. I even shout it at my wife. <laughs> <laughs> you probably but, need um, to explain why. Uh, 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 because that was her that, that was her maiden name before yeah. she took on my name. Um, but I think I'd, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know why she, I know exactly. <laughs> she walks in the kitchen. <laughs> I just, I just, there's something quite nice about glaziers. It's just, because I, I, I think yeah, I really like, I, like cause, I really like cause it's got a Z in it as well. Mm. And basically, I'm not that enamored with eagles. I, I think there's, uh, you know, the whole eagle thing is a little bit, it's, we're in Crystal Palace. Mm. We're South London. What, what, whoever sees an eagle there, apart from at Sellers Park, never. Ever. It's turning into a controversial question, isn't it? No, I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't so, so down on the well, sash, but I'm definitely aware of the Glaziers. I think that's a great who would, who, What would our mascot be called then? George the Glazier? No, our, our Bill, mascot. Bill no, our mascot <laughs> would be a window cleaner. Oh. With you a see, big, a window. A big ladder. Yeah, with a big ladder cleaning windows. Oh, nice. Uh, okay. I'm now not as keen on this, <laughs> but uh, it's an interesting angle. Andy, what would your answer to the question be? And what was the question? Sorry, what? <laughs> you've had like five minutes to think about it. What Pay attention other... in court. Yeah, I know. What... That's why I've forgotten it. <laughs> what palace-related things that you remember with fondness do you now, deep down, realise weren't that good? Well, the difficulty there is that you're assuming that I remember everything with fondness, which I think is a pretty misconceived <laughs> assumption. Which of your children? <laughs> do I prefer Ellen? Next question. <laughs> Uh, uh, that I recall with fondness. No. Or, or what about oh, that? That is that is recalled with fondness by maybe by other people. Just football was... in the nineties generally. It was rubbish. Pictures were bad. <laughs> it was all long ball. Players yeah. weren't as good as they are now. Uh, and Palace were a long ball team, which was unattractive to watch. Mic drop. <laughs> okay, I preferred Ender's answer there. Um, is this why? Is this why Andy doesn't do the? Uh... Nostalgia. Nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, who's next? Who hasn't answered the question? Uh, I think Ender's. Pick us a number. Well, I think it's your turn. Um, last couple. Last 20, two. 24. 24. It's from Mark Goucher. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. He says, Mark, Mark, does the Mark. panel feel the loans that expired this month should be extended until the last game is played? Yes. <laughs> it's one for Andy, really, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they, they can't be, so... You know, unless everyone agrees to it, then they won't be. Cool. So I think they should be. No, because, you know, the parties have agreed what they want to do. Things change and things move on. But you can't just decide that you want to fundamentally change the position that was agreed back then uh, just because certain things have arisen since. If, if, if certain players want to agree that they want to extend their loans to beyond, beyond June, I'm sure some of them will. But the Premier League won't veto it, Andy, will they, if, if clubs want to come to a separate agreement? There won't be a blank, uh, there won't be a blanket ending think, of all contracts, will there? I, I would have thought the Premier League, as with other football regulators, are going to have to be fairly flexible and pragmatic. So that if if clubs do want to come to that arrangement and the player wants to come to that arrangement, it would seem 
pretty strange and perverse when they will try to get the season finished off to say, no, you can't have as many players as, as you think yeah. you can. It would, it would just be a bit bizarre. But also the, the parent club of a lot of loan players won't want them back because then it adds to their wage bill, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, quite. So, I mean, in certain instances, it may be the case that, you know, if you are paying a big proportion of a highly paid player uh, players' wage on loan and it suits you for him to leave at the end of June, you might not want that rolled over yeah. to July, August, September. It might very much suit you at that point in time for it all to be terminated. So, again, it's going to be sort of that case-by-case basis. And that it's, I just don't think, much as it might seem like a nice, simple, convenient solution to... Uh, have some sort of mandated extension for everyone. One, it can't work legally, and two, I just don't think it's it's sensible in the circumstances because it's going to be different from player to player and club to club. Who who have we got on loan? I was just trying to work that out. I don't think we've got anyone. We had Tosin. Not anymore. Who's injured, who's injured anyway, yeah. So um, I don't think we have got anyone on loan, so I'm not even mm-hmm. sure if that applies to us. But um, interesting question. nonetheless, I'm sure Ender's really pleased that he picked that number as well. Yeah, sorry but, about that. Um, Andy, why don't you pick us our last number? Uh, three. Good number. It's the magic it's, one. It's from, <laughs> it's from someone called... Savage Cabbage 182. Savage Cabbage. Savage. And they say. Savage Cabbage. It yeah. is one that we've had before, so I might pick one more question after this. But they say, um, who are the panel's top summer signing targets, wishful and realistic, accepted? It's kind of a hard question to answer, really, Andy, at the moment, isn't it? Well, I'd like to sign Jesse Boyce from the Nostalgia Pod to the main pod, <laughs> offloading JD and bringing in John Curran, but that's more of a pipe dream. <laughs> Dr. John Curran now, thank you. Dr. John Curran, sorry, yeah. yeah. He's. Uh, I, I think we've discussed this. I mean, uh, I would like to see Ferguson brought in. He looks a really good prospect, but just just lowering the average age of the squad would, would, would excite him. And getting a striker, obviously. Mm. But <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a tricky one because I think there are probably going to be, you know, the, the two Manchester clubs, Liverpool, possibly Chelsea and Arsenal, will be in a situation where they're the only clubs that can really still afford big transfer fees and wages. And the rest of us will be scrapping it out for more moderate players, I guess. Yeah. Um, actually, off the back of the loan thing, I've just seen a question here from Chris Brown. He says, will Cenk Tosin actually be fit again to play this season after all? But I, I think no, he's gone back anyway. I think he's, he's, gone, gone he's, back. Gone back. he's gone back. He's gone back, yeah. The, well, that, his loan was terminated. That would be typical Palace if it turns out he is actually fit to play and we'd sent him back. Um, I think that's the yeah, question. If, if only we'd contemplated and foreseen that global pandemic that would <laughs> <laughs> be yeah. extend the season by three months. Even I can't blame Dougie Freeman for that, and I've tried. Yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> well, look, look I'll, I'll end on one more quick question then um, from Magic Cheese 72 Great names this week, haven't we? He says, um, I'll go to Kevin for this one. As we're all missing our palace, football and sport in general, have the panel been watching reruns of England, Euro and World Cup matches? I think have been shown on ITV. If so, any in particular, as well as classic, important, historical palace games previously mentioned. Have you been filling in the blanks, Kevin, with this game? Do you know what? Funny enough, I get... I get really excited by the prospect of watching old games and then really bored when I do watch them. <laughs> it's it's like somebody asked me to um, for, for a TV idea 
they want you know the sing along a sound of music that's on where people go along and they sing the song. He wanted to do a football version with the nineteen sixty six World Cup final and he asked me to watch it all the way through and it was the dullest game of football. <laughs> I really so slow and I I find, I'll tell you what I've been watching. Harry's Heroes this week has been surprisingly interesting and good and it covers a lot of issues around men's mental health, but also very funny. Mm. So I, I tend to watch things. There was a George Best documentary. I watch things about things that are around football rather than actual games. You know, this George Best documentary is brilliant. Some of the I caught up with some of the BT things, uh, the people who made Team of the Eighties. So like the, the documentary about the Man United team that went down. That was really good. So I, I, I prefer stuff like that to actual games. I, I don't, I'm happy to watch the goals, but my attention span's bad enough in a normal match, let alone one that you kind of know the result of. Yeah, there are basically. some good documentaries around. I watched the uh, Survival Sunday Hillsborough game, and um, I'd forgotten how absolutely awful that game was. It was yeah, horrendous. It was like a bloodbath. It was horrendous. Um, so there you go. We should do. We should do like a Kevin Day's TV review podcast or something. Yeah, like that. that's, that's really good. good. And and just not have him on it. Yeah, just, and just tell me about it just three tell weeks about after it. you started it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will say that Magic Cheese ends their question by saying, thanks for your lockdown pods, not to mention the Pardews Pants Nostalgia pod. So there we go. I mean, I don't even know what you're talking about. But, um, Probably would have been you. best not to mention it as well. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, lads, it's been... It's been a podcast. Thank you for joining us. And uh, Chad, <laughs> Thank you. No, it's been lovely to talk to you. It always is each week. I know it's not the same in person, but it is good to see your faces on Zoom. So I hope you have a safe week, and I'll catch up with you guys again next week. And to all Bye, our everybody. listeners, thank you Bye-bye, for listening. Bye, everybody. Cheers. Everybody. Stay Bye. safe, and uh, we'll see you again soon. time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Podcast Network.